Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 198 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is co-founder of the Grails Framework, the co-author of the Definitive Guide to Grails, and project lead for the OCI Grails team. He has worked in the software field for more than 20 years and has experience in Grails, Groovy, web development, dynamic languages, and the Java virtual machine. He was awarded Oracle's Groundbreaker Award in 2018, and has recently been named a Java champion. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Graham Roche. Thanks, Phil. Nice to be here. So Graham, I know that's pretty much a, a very brief description of your background. So could you perhaps provide a little bit more insight into your own career and perhaps what you're doing now? Absolutely. So yeah, as you said, I've been around... Uh, in IT and in the Java space for over 20 years, around 20 years now. I started off in the e-learning, learning management sector. That's where I really, you know, my career started. We were at the time building learning management systems in using Java technologies for commercial clients and also producing uh, e-learning content, so online learning uh, courses and so forth. It was around that time, I suppose, that I really got into taking advantage of open source technologies to uh, further our business needs. I developed uh, a bunch of different technologies, including one that actually converted Word documents to e-learning courses automatically using Groovy. Um, and that's really how I really got introduced to the Groovy language. And that provided like some real productivity benefits to the organization I was working for at the time. So to, to take those same productivity benefits to kind of the learning management system space, I looked at how we could make that more productive. And that's when I came up with Grails. So Grails was uh, designed to build rapid application development scenarios, uh, leveraging all the open source, Groovy, and so forth. And, and uh, I had no idea at the time that it would become certainly as popular as it did and would lead to where I am today. Today, as you mentioned, I work for um, OCI and lead the Grails and also the micro, Micronaut team. And Micronaut is a, is a newer, newer technology uh, than Grails, focused on microservices and low memory footprint and so forth. And I continue to be a full-time open source developer. I've spent the last 12 years of my career working exclusively on open source projects, contributing to open source code. And in addition to that, obviously, you've been involved in um, authoring a couple of books, so the Definitive Guide to Grails as well. So when did that come out? Uh, a number of years ago now. I think I think there's been a couple of editions of that book, um, three editions, in fact. I believe the first one was around 2008, 2009. Um, I may be wrong there. My, my time frame is all. <laughs> And in terms of what you're doing with Micronaut as well, is that something you've thought about maybe publishing on? Yes. In fact, we've had offers already to write books about Micronaut. 
I would almost certainly be involved in any book project that did come about. But we want to make sure that the technology is reached a certain level of maturity and so forth, which which it has. But you know, we're busy, and books take an immense amount of time. Yes. Um, so it may be, I think, maybe towards the end of the year or in the next, we'll re- revisit that topic. Great. Okay. Well, we'll watch out for that one definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Graham, can you perhaps share with us a career tip that the audience may not know and perhaps should? If I look at my career, I think that you need to be passionate about what you do. My wife will ask me, you know, why are you reading a technology book in the evening in your spare time? Uh, <laughs> isn't isn't that work related? Yes. And uh, it is because I have a genuine interest. And I think whatever you do, whatever you get into, whatever field, you need to be um genuinely passionate about what you do and want to be a um, lifelong learner and continue to progress yourself. Um, Indeed. Yeah. So you're not, you're not anyone whose wife says the same thing. So (laughs) (laughs) yes, I've often taken the old book on holiday as well. And she's, she's asking why you, why are you doing that? It should be downtime now. Yeah. 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 I've had the same scenario. So absolutely. (laughs) Um, But you know, I found, I find every new technology, every new, um, you know, recently things like Kafka and Microsoft and, so, and Kubernetes and so forth, uh, all these new technologies, sometimes it can seem overwhelming, but everything, every new technology does progress the IT world in, in a new and interesting way. So it's worth keeping up to date and, and uh, continuing to learn. It is. Yes, exactly. Um, so, Graham, can you perhaps share with us your worst IT career moments and what you learned from that experience? My worst IT career moment, I think, was probably when I left Pivotal. We were formerly called SpringSource. Um, I think that was an extremely difficult to manage scenario because Groovy and Grails, immensely popular open source projects, and you know, Pivotal, a recognized name. It was managing the message about uh, you know those technologies have continued to have and. And do have a life outside of a outside of a large organization, and dealing with the you know I was the the lead, the lead of, of that team, of the Groovy and Grails team within the Spring Source, and dealing dealing with having to manage the uh, kind of moving that team out, uh, finding it a new home, and we you know we we were extremely lucky. The team landed at a fantastic company called uh, you know, OCI, but for six months there was a lot of doubt, a lot of um, stress a lot of turmoil and uh, it was certainly a challenging six months as we transitioned the project out of Pivotal and into a new home. But, you know, the key thing I learned from that, you know, open source technologies are far beyond any one company and are far more important. Uh, Their lives continue, you know, regardless of the company that kind of supports the, the technology. And uh, that's a critical part of open source. You know, it's not, it's not, uh, not a differentiator toward, towards you know, commercial software. And a commercial software scenario, if the company abandons the product, it's effectively abandoned. But in open source, um, you know, the, the community uh, has been fantastic and continued to support the technology. We've continued to support the technology and it's continued to have a long and healthy, healthy life. Yeah, I think that's one of the great things about open source in particular, the fact that it, it is there and anybody can contribute and pick it up from any other person's, you know, where they leave it off. So, yes, it's always going to have a future. 
Absolutely. Okay, so Graham, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? Well, uh, I've had a few, I've had a few, but certainly certainly Grails in terms of success, Grails is the most successful thing I've worked on. And, you know, the recognition from, from Oracle with the Groundbreaker Award and so forth was acknowledgement of that. Um, much appreciated the hooks at Oracle for recognizing that and contribution to the community and so forth. From a technical standpoint, uh, the thing I'm, the project I'm most proud of is, is currently Micronauts because it, you know, I was, I was a lot younger when I built Grails and, um, I'm a lot more experienced now, a lot more 10 years, you know, when you build a framework, and then 10 years later, you build another framework, you take all of those kind of lessons that you've learned about, you know, how to do things and how to make things performant and how to optimize and how to structure. And you apply those those kind of lessons to, to the new thing, you know. And uh, that's what we've done with Micronaut. It's really a reimagination of solving a whole bunch of problems that, that existed for so long um, in, in the framework space. So from a technical perspective, yes, I'm immensely proud of what we achieved with Micronaut, um, but certainly from a, from a career perspective, um, Grails it has you know, been the most successful. Definitely, yes. So, Graham, can you tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? There's lots to be excited about in IT. It's certainly um, an ever-evolving space and constantly changing. So, it's, you know, like we discussed before, it's, Hard to keep up, and I think that the, the real diversity of it now, you know, because there's so many different technologies, and each technology has its place and niche, and and it's really expanding beyond. You know, if you look at recently with data science and machine learning and big data spaces, really opening up. So there's there's opportunities growing for so many different careers and fields. And it's really an ever-expanding industry, so it's pretty exciting. Sure. And presumably you're very excited about where Micronaut might take you as well? Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, um, Micronaut and, and, you know, the microservice space and certainly just, you know, being more efficient in the way we structure applications that are built in a microservice architecture with multiple instances and so forth. I think uh, Micronaut provides some real value there. The move towards, you know, specifically talking about Java, the move towards more intelligent compilers and ahead of time compilation is going to be a big deal in the next five, ten years. You know, technologies like uh, GraalVM, which with its support for producing native images from Java, ahead of time compilation, and you know, Micronaut is really well prepared for that in terms of allowing uh, developers to easily hook into uh, the uh, head of time compilation and then creating more advanced compilers. Uh, just recently, we launched a new technology uh, in the data space, which actually pre-computes your uh, SQL queries um, at compilation time for your data repository layer, which provides some absolutely immense efficiencies the query execution speed is so much faster because, you know, there's so much information available to you at the compiler. And if you leave that, that information, uh, those computations to runtime, you really lose a lot of efficiency. So I think, you know, more intelligent compilers and uh, more efficient microservices is, you know, uh, architectures is going to be a big deal. 
Yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah, the things that sort of came out from that for me were, obviously you mentioned efficiency, but speed in itself and obviously time to delivery. So all great things. Yeah, and efficiency. Efficiency is also you know critical when you think about cloud models and utility computing in terms of how cloud providers are billing at the moment with computations being based on how much memory consume, how many, how much, how many milliseconds your operation takes in execute and so forth. So all of that is, you know, really pushing us to the industry to be more efficient. So we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for this? Okay. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? I've been uh, passionate about computers since I was very young. And uh, like a lot of young people, I guess, I was driven initially by computer games and gaming and so forth. I was actually, the first programming language I actually learned tonight was actually Quake C from the game Quake. Quake C was a variation of the C programming language, essentially. So I actually got into the C programming through Quake C. And I used to run a website when I was like 15, 16, which was all about doing, um, picking a game for example, Quake or Doom, and writing a conversion or writing a mod, customizing the graphics, the programming, and so forth. And, you know, that I was doing that when I was, like, 15. So, you know, I was very passionate about, about gaming and programming, even at that stage. You know, that's why it's encouraging to see things, young people getting into things like Minecraft and, you know, these kind of games that really um, encourage programming because it's the, ent- ent- it's the gateway for a lot of careers in, in in IT. Now, whether you end up working in the games industry or not, that's kind of, many, some people do, some people don't, but um, it certainly um, inspires creativity with programming and so forth. Yeah, it does. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? Certainly, the best career advice was to embrace open source. Um, obviously, it's had a massive impact on my career. When I first started working in the e-learning and learning management system space. I had a quite inspirational boss who was a contributor to the Apache Cocoon project. And he was actually an author, a co-author of the book about Apache Cocoon, which was an XML, XSLT processing framework that was relatively popular at the time. So he, he inspired me to really, you know, look at open source as, as a way to, to build more become more productive and build more productive solutions and and, and that really um, did inspire me my career going forward and conversely what is the worst career advice you've ever received certainly uh, i've received advice from people to to not investigate certain technologies or, or not and then i have regretted not going into those technologies earlier and that's an easy thing to fall into where you you know there's early adoption of certain things like um, there were some people who were very dismissive of, of, of Kafka and as an example, and I regret I regret not looking at Kafka earlier and you know those those kind of or Kubernetes and so forth. And if you kind of get let yourself get exposed to the noise or strong opinions about something, you that can influence, and you can end up getting into a technology too late or understanding a technology too late, which can have a massive impact on um, how you, your own technology is progressing. Yeah, I think that's very, very uh, true. I think it's always always worth, if you have the opportunity to find out about something, just even finding out the, the concepts or the basics of something and then be able to 
make your own mind up um, as opposed to just definitely yeah. formulate your own opinion about something. I have, I've heard so much, you know, bad advice about don't look at this, don't look at this. There's always something to learn uh, about any any technology. One example of that is, um, you know, I spent spent a period of time as a, at a company called Skills Matter where I did training. We supported the training efforts of Oracle, of Oracle through um, Oracle Coherence, which is a, Oracle Coherence is a um, distributed data cluster. And initially, I was kind of resistant about learning how it worked and so forth. But I have no regrets about learning how that how that technology works because it's a remarkable product. Yeah. Even though you know my resistance came from the fact that it was a commercial product and not open source, <laughs> but the fact that I got into Learning how Oracle Coherence worked really opened my eyes to a lot of distributed problems and and how well they're they're sold in that product. If you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do? So in today's world, certainly the focus, you know, now, I think when I looked 10 years ago, the development tool space had a lot more interest and, and hype. And certainly now, uh, DevOps is a big focus. So if you, you know, if you're going to, if you, you know, the, the, all of the innovation was happening in developer tooling maybe 10 years ago. Now a lot of the innovation is happening in, in DevOps, developer operations. So that, you know, I don't know if I would, I would still have a, I still have a huge passion for what I'm doing, but certainly there's massive opportunities in the developer operations space. And, uh, certainly an area where, worth looking at. You know, and then also there's, you know, I've always been a big Apple fan. I certainly work in an area where I'm not exposed greatly to Apple technologies. But, you know, I would love to learn Swift and the Apple, Apple ecosystem and so forth. That would certainly be a, something that I would, I would gravitate towards. But, you know, I've never been exposed to that um, side of the technology world. So, And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? My big focus right now is Micronauts and progressing that and moving Micronaut forward towards, you know, being more efficient, being more complete and really innovating in the area of ahead of time compilation and pre-computing um, your uh, framework infrastructure so that you, we can build more efficient, more efficient microservices, more efficient applications. So that, that certainly is going to be my focus the next, uh, next two, three years, I imagine. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? As a kid, my two strongest subjects at school, and I was by no means a high performer at school. That's another thing I would like to point out. But um, one of my, my two favorite subjects at school were, were art and you know, IT-related subjects. And certainly having a strong interest in art and drawing and artistic related fields um, has helped me because I do find that many programmers have really strong mathematical part developed in their brains, but then potentially lack um, some of the creative part. So thinking outside the box becomes more challenging. And I think uh, art art and creative arts certainly help me be a more creative person and come up with new solutions and new things. thinking about problems differently. And, and I, you know, I continue to have an interest in that. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? I keep trying to push boundaries 
if I look at like something like Micronaut, we could have just accepted the status quo and said the way we build apps with Java with Spring or or uh, Jakarta E or Java E or whatever is, is fine. Why do we need something new? You know, the easiest thing is to just accept the way things are. <laughs> the bigger risk and the bigger you know challenge is to say actually you know how do we make this better how do we make this more efficient how do we make this more perform better how do we make this run better does throwing out the old sometimes make sense yeah and starting fresh so certainly um you know pushing boundaries and always uh never accepting the solution is complete because uh, i think it never it never is software is continuously evolving thing that can always be improved yes and what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Oh, a broad range of things. It depends on the season. In, you know, in winter, I love, uh, love skiing and the outdoors and, and that sort of thing. Uh, in the summer months, as, as we are now, have, having this massive heat wave, uh, I certainly enjoy the beach and paddleboarding and all those types of activities and outdoor activities. And Graham, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? I think it's important to be, like I said, a lifelong learner, uh, passionate about what you do. Keep trying to progress, progress yourself as a person, never giving up. I think I had um, many people tell me, you know, that that's not possible or, you know, forget about it or you're never going to be able to compete against this technology or that technology. But, you know, self-belief is really important. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Well, I'm uh, available on, on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Graham Roche. I'm available on LinkedIn. Uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm also available through GitHub and, you know, various open source social mediums. And um, uh, failing that, feel free to pop me an email. Graham, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks a lot. A quick thank you again to my guest on today's show for sharing their career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. Now that there are three new episodes of the show every week, make sure that you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out. And don't forget to join the new IT Career Energizer community group in Facebook. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would be great to hear from you and to learn about your own career journey, your successes, opinions and thoughts on the future of the industry. Thanks for supporting the show. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.